One, I really like this chapter. Kenny, your conversation with Andrea last month on chapter three was was phenomenal. Uh, between the two of you, I, it's great content in the book, but your guys' conversation was just... Yeah, well, thanks, man. I appreciate you sending that little Marco Polo to me about it, too. I had I just like Andrea. We had a good time together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I felt... I, I blushed a little bit when you told me that the first time. Um, because I, I'm just having a conversation with, with friends. But she, man, she is... She is a great co-host, so it's time to step yeah. it up, guys. Yeah. It's time to step yeah. it up. And and her experience being a part of one of the cohorts, right? Or being in one of the cohorts relate like helping like uh nurture and birth some of the content for this book. Like that was cool to hear her speak to as well. Yeah. That was yeah. helpful and encouraging to me. If you were to summarize this chapter, creative young adult ministry. There's kind of different movements in here that it, it tackles, but if you were to summarize it, what would that sentence or paragraph be? It's all about helping young adults follow Jesus in community. In some ways, it it kind of reiterates things we've said before, like it's not it's not about ministry to or for young adults, but with young adults. That that, that really is the continues to be a key theme and element by young adults like jeremy's doing or by yeah by. yes one of the highlights for me was just the reminder to have a humility and a learning open spirit uh and one of the things that i i, I think when i wrote it down uh, notes from the chapter i think it's probably i think it says it somewhere in there um something along the lines of that creative young adult ministry uh is asking or requires asking good questions and they give some they give some great questions to ask in conversations um, as a starting point in this chapter. Uh, but it was just like a good reminder that we can't always just assume. Like asking good questions to hear um, what is what what are passions, what are needs for those that we're journeying with, and not just um, assuming it or assuming what the solutions are um i think about just as a brief example when i moved here to nashville four and a half years ago uh in my two of the things that i remember being in my mind are sunday school classes aren't going to work for college students and we don't need another worship gathering um, there's too many of those like that's uh, we need to focus in other areas and we have focused in other areas and four and a half years later I have a Sunday school class on Sunday mornings uh, that I'm leading with a handful of others, and we have a worship gathering. We've gotten there in different ways. Their their form, like their structure, is a little bit different. Um, but just a reminder that like there is no one size fits all, mm. uh, and there are some things that work in particular seasons uh, as well. So just the that this creativity require uh, for young adult ministry re requires a good dose of of humility and being willing to learn. Page like 6970 here in the ebook, it talks the green boxes are money. Yeah. In in this ebook, because you can it questions that you can process thinking about, contextualizing with young adults, like in conversation, or in um in this green box here, it gives 
questions on how a church can practice hospitality and warmth or warmth. And I think hospitality is one of the ways to do that. But it reminded me of Pastor Sam, who she pastors the church that's closest to Boise State University. And I might have mentioned this to you guys before, but she hosts a student lounge on weekday afternoons from 1 to 5 p.m. And it's, it's you know, it's a five minute walk from campus. Um, there's tables, there's couches, there's food, there's drinks, um, there's coffee, there's Wi-Fi, there's bathrooms. And I was hanging out with her and her um, um, ministry intern during their welcome week. It's kind of piggybacking off their little tent there and running around networking with people. And uh, later that day, a, a utility crew hit the main fiber optics of campus and it cut off internet. And so she'd been handing out these bags that said, hey, I got a, we have a student lounge. It's real near campus. If you want to come hang out, it's all semester. And so then she had students like contacting her going, is it too soon to do this? Can we come now? Um, because we don't have any Wi-Fi on campus. And so sh they shifted over and there were students that came over and used their Wi-Fi that afternoon because she made, it's just an ongoing possibility, but there's students that use that. And I think that's a really cool way to just say, hey, we're here, we're the church, we're here, we love you, we have a space for you, come, you know, come hang out if if it's helpful to you. And yeah. so that I think that's a creative way that she's practicing warmth and, and community and meeting a real need of students that need to find creative spaces sometimes to study because they can't in their house or their apartment or their dorm room or they're sick of the library or they just want to go for a walk. And um, this little Nazarene church, Euclid Ave Naz in Boise is, I think, doing that well. And and what a good, maybe like transferable principle that like they were there ready to be able to pivot to help there at the start of the school year because they had prepared yeah. to be a hospitable space. and. It immediately wasn't exactly what they were expecting, but they were there, had been building relationships, had prepared, uh, and then were able to to pivot to help in a meaningful way. Well, Chris, it, it got me thinking, too, about how many Nazarene churches are, you know, within a mile of some type of campus of some variety for college students. And what an, what it seems like an easy model of we have a lounge, we have a fellowship hall, we have a space that you, we have Wi-Fi on these weekdays, you could come in here and, and hang out. And, oh, we have a washer and a dryer if somebody wants to reserve to, you know, it could be one of those things if a church had just a little imagination around that, which it talks about in the chapter here too, have a little imagination. Um, you can practice hospitality without it being about trying to get them to church on Sunday, but showing love to young adults in a Christ-like way, just by saying, we have space that we're paying for or we've paid for. And um, I mean, I, does anybody know the stats on how many Nazarene churches are within a mile or two of of a campus of some variety? If they do, they need to contact me right now. Here's my number. Mm -hmm. and, no. Um, no, I love that. And in fact, I just made a note, like I've got to reach out to Sam and talk more about this. I also want to highlight that what's interesting to me, if you want to apply this chapter and this approach to this situation, Compare it to what a lot of churches try to do. And they try to put out a flyer that says, hey, come to our church Sunday morning or come to this um, event um, that fits more like it's already programs that we do. And sometimes churches are, are reluctant to do something like this. And actually, like, what if we open our doors during the week for students? What if we leverage this space 
because a lot of times that'll come with, oh, what about security? Uh, who's going to staff that? Um, who's going to buy the coffee for that? Who, you know, there's so many potential obstacles that often people are not willing to overcome. Um, so anyway, just highlighting that this is an example of a church that is willing to say, like, how can, yeah, what's the need? How can we meet that need? And let's not let piddly little things, you know, keep us from doing that. So mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I've tried to figure out like I, the right person in um, in Lenexa, so to speak, the GMC, to figure out like how do we how do we find that? How do we find those stats? I'm sure somebody somebody there is able to do something like that and cross reference that data with universities. But I know in the past that church or. A, I don't know if it was that church or someone else. Ben, what's it? Uh, ben used to have a ministry there at Boise State that was a food pantry kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's in interesting now that that years later, a different sort of ministry is happening. Is that church like? Is it just like blocks away from the campus? Is it right beside the campus? It's pretty much walking distance, right? Yeah, it's blocks. Like I park there, and then walk to campus instead of trying to find a place on campus. Yeah. yeah. And when That's I'm walking, awesome. like when I'm walking from there, I'm walking through housing. I'm walking through houses and apartments that students are living in. There's some, you know, Greek houses that are in there. There's a big grocery store, Albertsons, really close by that's got a Starbucks in it. And and then you can walk on a campus and stuff. But it's just a it's a great you, you don't want anything for them you're actually providing something that they need and then you let the holy spirit work in that that's exactly how i did ministry for the first 12 years at the university of cincinnati it wasn't a nazarene church but it was a, a church owned space that we put an espresso machine in and we did really good slow food and meals together with students we didn't just do the cheapest food you could buy for college students kind of stuff mm -hmm. right on the edge of campus called the edge house pairing hospitality and discipleship was always my you know my main approach was i think if you create an environment with hospitality which you know don't just think it doesn't have to just be like coffee and donuts our hospitality ministries on churches often think greeters or coffee donuts like pizza still pizza hospitality is a little bit more robust and and theologically it's a posture you know when you create those environments and again, I hope this church doesn't think like, oh, if we provide this space, like we're instantly going to have college students coming to our church or volunteering or this or that. No, no. But if you provide a hospitable place, you can develop, you can build relationships and then discipling kind of conversations and, and relationships happen, you know, because of that and through that in the patient long-term, long obedience in the same direction kind of approach. That's awesome. There's another green box thing here that says, what mentoring can you offer in community for young adults starting a business, seeking a job? It reminded me of a post on the College Age and Young Adult uh, Facebook somebody put on there recently about how they'd help somebody with, with a resume just to kind of sharpen things up a little bit because they were struggling with their interviews and everything. And the, the point uh, this young adult leader was, these are practical things that young adults need in our lives and that we can come alongside them and help them with. It doesn't all have to, and they didn't say this, this is me kind of projecting around it, but it doesn't have to all be churchy. It doesn't have to be about Jesus to be expressing the love of Jesus, helping a young adult get a job because you looked over their resume and made some suggestions and helped them edit some things that maybe that they were they were missing. 
and you know working on some people skill stuff and some presentation and how do you have these conversations and so young adults are at different places and so we're curating as we meet young adults kind of where they're at assessing how do we join god and what's going on in their lives but when i read that one i thought immediately of that post and i what a good reminder that was to me uh when i'm trying to figure out oh how do i disciple somebody how do i how do i grow closer in relationship how do i relate with a young adult well um what are the areas that as you get to know them that they're that they're looking to grow in and do they want help with that not to there's lots of people that think like let me just tell you how to be an adult and if you did it like me then 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 you should be fine you know, you'd be better off and that's not what we're talking about here mentoring can actually be discipleship or lead lead to it but i don't know what thoughts you guys have around my little monologue there with that between what the two of you said what i what i've written down just in and my notes walking away from this conversation discipleship is like good food it's good intentional and slow mm. which I, you you said the word uh you you guys had what was it good coffee and slow food i think is what you said chris which it, it is true like the easy thing is to get the the quick pizza or the donuts whether it's in a third space or in someone's home home cooked meals slower meals there's intentionality in that that is meaningful the one other thing i know we've got a few more minutes before where need to wrap up. One of the last things that stood out to me, uh, there's, again, all these good questions, several of them in the green boxes in this chapter, but on page 67, the question, what's your next faithful step? And it goes into details about how you can incorporate this as you're talking with a young adult that you're journeying through life with, of just instead of just jumping right to answers for them, helping them process what they're thinking through uh, and what, uh, what they hear the Holy Spirit saying uh, as well, but asking what's your next faithful step. I think that's just a good question question in my own life as well um, of with ministry and life following Jesus. Sometimes you can get overwhelmed looking at the whole journey or what you expect the whole journey to be and just asking what's the next faithful step and seeking to take that step and then do it again and again. There was something at the beginning of the chapter, I felt a little tension around and it was, it's about being creative in young adult ministry and not just defaulting to the things that we thought have worked in the past or we felt it was successful. And so we, we try to do them hosting a worship service. Nobody asked us to, we just thought it'd be a good idea. So we did it and nobody came to it. You know, so like we talked about before, like older adults coming up with a great idea for younger adults that younger adults didn't ask for, and then nobody shows up at it, or they do ask for it, but then you do it for them instead of with or by alongside. And then nobody shows up and you're like, what the heck is going on here? Like, why, is, why isn't this working? I think there's something to be said for living in the tension between what's healthy for the pastor, the facilitator, the volunteer, and what needs to happen locally with young adult ministry or whatever form of young adult ministry, college student ministry you're, you're leading. And then wh where do those places overlap? And let me give you, for instance, this Wednesday night thing I'm experimenting with locally with my local church. If nobody shows up, I'm youth staff. I just bump over to youth group. And the youth pastor is cool with that, mostly because he's on sabbatical for the next seven weeks. And I told, that's what I told him I was going to do, but he was, he was cool with it. We were already talking about that. And the youth ministry is being run by college student interns, which I realized in, in hearing about the NUMA on Sunday nights with you guys, Jeremy, this is the, this is the one place in our church where college students, they're teaching, they're leading worship but they're also mentoring and discipling youth while they're doing it. Mm -hmm. And so we have this cool little community of interns that has this creates some momentum and some gravity pull to it that gets other students that come alongside of it. It's heavy. In, it's all mostly NNU, Northwest Nazarene, but that's not bad. That's, that's a good thing to celebrate, but they get to practice that there. 
These are people yeah. called, they become interns, and they're there for a couple of years. And some of them stay on for like a year residency, which which is awesome. And so I saw the space of like, oh, they're leading this. They I could be there. I don't need to be there as you staff. I'll start hosting a space for young adults on Wednesday nights and see who shows up. If they don't, win. I'm youth staff. If they do, great. We have an in-depth conversation. And I've just been thinking about that slow-paced discipleship. And so, you know, discipleship at three and a half miles an hour with Jesus walking through, you know, the palace, the Palestinian countryside um, with his disciples. And you have, when you take walks together and you slow down like that, you have different types of, of conversations, but it's also curating a space that works in my context that I can be flexible with. And whether this is good or bad, if I can't make it on a Wednesday night, they're adults. I just let them know. And they decide if they want to get together or not. We didn't really have anything planned. We were going to gather and then I was going to go do something with them. And so somebody may say, that's, that's not a great thing, but I'm doing it when it works for my schedule. So we were at a youth, a youth worker dinner before a youth pastor went on sabbatical. And one of the guys that's been coming uh, on Wednesday nights a couple of times, he came to me and he said, Hey, I want to be on youth staff. This Wednesday night thing isn't working for me. Can we move that? to another night of the week. And I said, you can move it to any night of the week that you want. I'm not going to be there, but you can totally do that. Like, what, what, what are you thinking? And he's like, oh, well, what do you mean? I go, well, I come on Wednesdays because my son and I drive over together and I was on youth staff and now I'm, I'm hanging out here and I enjoy doing that. But that's for me, it's going to be Wednesday nights. Well, we want to, I talked to some people. We want to get together on Saturday night and play Frisbee. Have an awesome time. Send me the details. I'm happy to share them on social media. He's like, oh, okay. And so I felt a real, at first it was like a, wait a minute. You, I mean, I'm facilitating this thing for you. And now you're telling me it's not good enough on this night. You want to move it to a different night? Well, let's don't do it anymore then. You can just do it on the night that you want to. And then I thought, no, I'm going to still keep doing the Wednesday because there might be somebody else that connects that wasn't connecting. And if I do it over a longer period of time, that may build. If it's one it's a win. If it's two, great. If it's three, awesome. If it's nobody, you staff. And so anyway, my long kind of tirade here on this is at the beginning of the chapter, it talks about being creative, creating space, um, curating. I think we as practitioners also need to curate around what makes sense for our schedule instead of adding something in on top of where can we leverage our schedule where it overlaps with young adults so that we can curate in that space. Like a walk-off home run, man. Wow. Nailed Thank you, it. Chris. I was wondering what you were thinking about it, and I'm grateful for that response. You know, even back in youth ministry days when we talked about, you know, discipling students, and um, I can't remember who the guy was. He, he wrote a book and, you know, probably made a couple of bucks in the youth ministry world talking about the be with factor. Um, and, and Jesus model of just kind of going about his schedule in his day but the disciples were with him i mean so basically just inviting people along your life your journey where it intersects great take advantage of those opportunities um and you know do stuff with and let the conversations happen i would say that um you know i had a i had a journal that i carried around with me as i'm hanging out with college students and i had like two pages worth of like these are the creative, fun questions I like to ask college students. Hmm. You know? and, I, and, and that sounds kind of like, um, I don't know, engineered or fake or whatever. But I just Smart. knew sometimes in the moment, I, I don't. So to, before I'd meet with a student, you know, I'd look over my questions and be like, which one do I want to ask him today? Yeah. Um, and so I love that list of questions they provided. And I think that is good to always have some good questions in your pocket, so to speak as you're hanging out with college students, young adults, especially, um, 
have these good questions that lead into conversation. They're not yes and no, and they're not gotcha questions, um, but they're really like, tell me more. What's going on? How do you see faith intersecting with what you're studying, with what's going on, with how you're treating others, how you're being treated? So anyway, I, I think, and again, that's focusing on this relational approach to ministry versus the the programming event type of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But, but yeah, I, I love that. Um, you, you inspired you know, me because I just took a screenshot of those questions. So especially with what I'm doing at college of Idaho now, like, I don't yeah, think yeah. that that's, I don't, I don't think that that's robotic. Um, I think it's strategic. And then you can, you can cherry pick a question that fits that student, that college student or young, young adult as you're talking with them. I, I needed that reminder. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm here for you, man. No, it's a lot. It's a lot of work. Thank you. <laughs> this has been a really good conversation. I've, I've been enjoying this book and the journey through it. Same. Are we wrapping up? Any final parting thoughts on this chapter or anything that was shared? I think we hit all the high notes, at least for me. So good to be with you guys. I look forward to our perforated conversations throughout the month with Marco Polo texting all the varieties of ways that we in interact. Chris, I'm coming after you for an AT interview you're going to have to tell me no multiple times if it's not going to happen but are we ready for the outro yeah until next time fail forward be present be teachable yes peace great you guys have a great day you too talk to you guys later. see you guys see ya, see ya.